So, Lloyd, you graduated Lakewood, right? Yes, sir. What are you going to do now? Yeah, Lloyd. What are your plans for the future? You mean my career? Um, I don't know. I've, I've <clears throat> thought about this quite a bit, sir, and I, I would have to say, considering what's waiting out there for me, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought, or processed, or repair anything sold, bought, or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So, uh, my father's in the Army. He wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. Um, so, what I've been doing lately is... Protest. Which is a uh, new sport, but I think it's got a good future. Welcome to the main event. Do you feel like I do? Ah, man, I think you. I think you're listening to my show. You must. Well, how do you feel with everything that's going on in this country? Is something going on that we don't know about? I open up with the clip from uh, "Say Anything," which was I don't know from the late '70s. I think I was in high school. Uh, John Cusack there talking about uh, how mixed up kids are. I don't really. I think it was. I don't. I don't think it was really. Uh, common at there it was kind of funny when he said it in the 70s because most kids kind of had a kind of had an idea when they got out of high school what they hey, were going to college i'm going to the military i'm going to go work here i'm going to work there and it was kind of funny back then that i think is today's kids they really don't know what they want so they're taking up protesting as a uh, as a new sport i don't know uh in part two part two today we're going to talk about Someone who's making a making a difference in uh, in that in the careers in the direction for uh, for young people and for old people too. Um, but uh, you know what? We're going to talk about everything that's going on going on here in this country, and it's uh, and it's some exciting stuff, some really exciting stuff, and it's uh, exciting and confusing and disappointing and 
all at the same time. But first, before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing and you hear and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, if by the end of this show you're still listening, you must think like me or you just like to come on the show. You just like to listen to the show to just to, to get your juices flowing and get mad can't get motivated happy get motivated mad uh if but if you hear someone who thinks like you and you need uh, financing for anything real estate refinancing buying buying a house to live in buying a house to uh, uh for an investment uh reverse mortgage any of that call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time day or night toll free area code 855-640-2020 if you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone because uh you don't want me to hear what your voice sounds like in case we run into each other later. You want to make sure that I'm uh, that we're okay first on on we're on the same light wavelength first. Uh, go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo if you want to talk about uh, uh financing stuff. Go to the Summit Funding logo, logo and uh, you'll find uh, find uh, all kinds of stuff on uh, information to get in touch with me. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or uh, one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, uh, uh, Aaron Fredericks, Cody Bradbury, uh, Randy Johnson, or Brian Goodman, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. All right. You can also uh, click on edhoffman.net if you want to hear anything uh, repeated. Uh, go to the podcast page, and you can uh, listen on demand anytime. You can also get the podcast on uh, iCloud or on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can actually uh, subscribe for free. Have it download to your computer, your phone, your uh, your uh, your iPod, your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your computer, your iWatch, any any number of uh, any of these things you can uh, that you can get podcasts on, and everyone seems to be listening to podcasts. Uh, you can also follow the main event on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long and uh, like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. If you want to leave me some comments on the show, I should put this at the end, but I always end up running out of time. Um, if you want to leave some comments on the show, 855-640-2092. I hear them all. Um, sometimes, sometimes somebody left uh, some comments uh, last week that were, uh, had a really bad signal. So I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't play it, play it on here and, Usually I run out of time anyway, but uh, I do hear your comments. So if you have something to say, good or bad, I welcome. I welcome. You know, hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, I think everybody's entitled to mine. And uh, for the last eleven and a half years, and that, no, now here's your opportunity to give me yours. And uh, I do listen to them. So anyway, let's talk about what's going on in this country. Uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller gave his uh, first and only press conference on his two-year investigation of Russia's, Russia's interference in the 2016 presidential election. You know, I, I wondered if it was just me. Is it funny that everybody's talking about Robert Mueller hasn't come out and made any comments all this time? And uh, so he came out on uh, Thursday and made some comments. And much to the delight of Democrats, he declined to clear President Trump of obstruction of justice in his remarks. Of course, uh, obstruction of justice would would uh, would uh, infer that there was some kind of a crime, and uh, he didn't find any crimes. And of course, he didn't say anything that wasn't in in the uh, in the in the report. Reading from prepared notes behind the lectern at the Justice Department, Mueller, Mueller delivered his statement on his last day as special counsel, saying it was his final word on the investigation. He was returning to private life, and he started by explaining the first volume of the report. The first volume of the report details numerous efforts emanating from Russia 
to influence the election. This volume includes a discussion of the Trump campaign's response to this activity, as well as our conclusion that there was insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. Okay. Hey, Russia was involved in, in uh, trying to influence the election. Um, so was I. I was involved in trying to influence the election. I talk on the radio every every week and I say, what are you guys thinking? And uh, I point out things that you maybe don't listen to and uh, or maybe you don't, you don't hear that I hear. And I post stuff on social media. So what makes that any different? So they got people in Russia posting stuff on social media to try and uh, to try and influence it as well. Hmm. Seems to me, if I remember correctly, uh, the Obama uh, administration donated like a, a gazillion dollars to try and uh, defeat uh, uh, Netanyahu from being reelected uh, when he was in office. And of course, I'm not going to comment on what's going on over there now because I don't know all the full details. But apparently, there's some weird stuff going on in Israel with uh, Netanyahu's last re-election. And uh, I don't have all the details, so I won't talk about it today. So uh, um, because there's so much other stuff going on that is exciting. Um, but like James Comey uh, with Hillary Clinton, Mueller also refrained from making any criminal accusations of Trump. Sort of. Did the president commit a crime or not? If we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime. Well, hold on. If if we if we could have said for sure he didn't. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'd like to say that you have never murdered somebody, but I don't know that for sure. And can you prove that you've never murdered somebody? Uh, can you prove that you didn't? Can you prove you've never stolen a car or shoplifted or cheated on your taxes? Can you prove any of that stuff? Um, I think that's why in this country we have that thing. You're innocent until proven guilty because we don't have to prove our innocence. We're assumed innocent until we're proven guilty of something because you can't prove that you're innocent. Most of the time. Uh, I didn't do it. I didn't do what I I didn't do anything. I didn't, I, you know, I got a whole bunch of guns. I've never shot anybody with them though. How do we know that? How do we know that? Uh, I don't know. Go look at my guns. Well, it, Clearly, your guns have shot bullets, and we don't know where they landed. Can you prove they didn't land on a person or 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 a uh, domestic animal or something else that you shouldn't be shooting? Uh, no. Um, I can't account for every bullet that's gone through all my guns. Uh, so what is it? You know, we keep, we keep hearing people say, "Hey, nobody is above the law. Not even the the uh, not even the president." Well. Doesn't the president entitled to the same assumptions that everybody else is? Apparently not if you're if you're Trump. Um, or let's say apparently not if you're a Democrat and we're talking about Trump. One thing Mueller did make clear uh, was that it would be unconstitutional and against the rules of the Justice Department to bring criminal charges against the sitting president. Under longstanding department policy, a president president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. The special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. So what was the point of the whole investigation then? If you're not looking for a crime, what are you doing? You spent two more than two years on this thing. What was the point? 
Uh, I think uh, I think a lot of my Democrat friends were just disappointed that I couldn't do this, and I so I have to make an excuse because they sure are damn frustrated that we didn't accuse them of anything, and because uh, I, I really couldn't come to that conclusion, but I also couldn't conclude come to the conclusion that he didn't do anything either. Uh, can you say talking out of both sides of your mouth? I don't know. I think you can. But for the Democrats who still want him to testify under oath about the report, Mueller says, no way. Not unless they want him to say the same things he already wrote about in the report. I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this manner. I am making that decision myself. No one has told me whether I can or should testify or speak further about this matter. There has been discussion about an appearance before Congress. Any testimony from this office would not go beyond our report. Beyond what I've said here today and what is contained in our written work, I do not believe it is appropriate for me to speak further about the investigation or to comment on the actions of the Justice Department or Congress. Yeah, don't call me to testify because I'm not going to say anything that isn't in the report. And, of course, uh, apparently, depending on how you read it, you could read the report said... I couldn't. I I couldn't come to the conclusion that he didn't do anything. Otherwise, I would say he didn't do anything. Uh, you know, you could take that in a whole bunch of different ways. You know, there's a. You know, it's it's like like I, I listen to people say, say uh, my uh, my wife and my daughter texting back and forth from from each other, and and uh, and I hear I hear my wife go, oh, listen to what what your daughter said. She said fine, and I go, oh yeah. How do how do you know she didn't just say fine? You know, what's the difference? You that's written words. You don't know exactly how they were intended, and you can make up any kind of uh, any kind of uh, any kind of intention that you want to on there. So uh, so, and yet here's here's one line from Mueller's report, remarks that leaves the door open for only one thing that the Democrats really want, which is the I word impeachment. The opinion says that the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. A process other than the criminal justice system. Hmm, I wonder what he means. Uh, I guess that would be impeachment. You know, it's kind of like when uh, Chief Justice Roberts didn't want to say that Obamacare was illegal. He said, you know, uh, as we're going into a, to an election, a re-election uh, presidential campaign, that this kind of thing should be taken up at the ballot box not through the criminal justice system. To me, uh, John Roberts was saying, hey, if you don't like how this went, you need to vote Obama out. You need to vote the Democrats out. If you don't like how the Obamacare thing is working, you need to take this up at the, at the ballot box. Okay, the, apparently, apparently not enough people uh, caught on to that. But that's what, that's what Mueller is saying. Uh, before embarking on the presidential helicopter, Marine One, on Thursday, the president reacted to Mueller's remarks and took questions from the reporters. Look, Robert Mueller should have never been chosen because he wanted the FBI job and he didn't get it. And the next day, he was picked as special counsel. So you tell somebody, I'm sorry, you can't have the job. And then after you say that, he's going to make a ruling on you. It doesn't work that way. Plus, we had a business dispute. Plus, his relationship with Comey was extraordinary. Now, one other thing I'll say. Why didn't he investigate Strzok and Page and McCabe and Comey and all the lies and Brennan and the lies and Clapper and the lies to Congress and all of the things that happened to start this investigation? Why didn't Comey 
come clean? Why didn't Comey come clean and say the things that he knows are facts? Why didn't Mueller investigate Comey, his best friend or his very good friend? And there's so many other things. Here's a question. This is a study of Russia. Why didn't they invest the insurance policy? In other words, should Hillary Clinton lose, we've got an insurance policy. Guess what? What we're in right now is the insurance policy. I think he is a total conflicted person. I think Mueller is a true never-Trumper. He's somebody that dislikes Donald Trump. He's somebody that didn't get a job that he requested that he wanted very badly, and then he was appointed. And despite that, and despite $40 million, 18 Trump haters, including people that work for Hillary Clinton and some of the worst human beings on earth, they got nothing. It's pretty amazing. Do you believe that Russia helped you get elected? No, Russia did not help me get elected. You know who got me elected? You know who got me elected? I got me elected. Russia didn't help me at all. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Russia made that made a significant. You know, I think it was me. I think it was me that I was the one that helped him get elected. Except for uh, my broadcast. Uh, well, Guz on Red State Radio, so it's on the internet, but mostly in California. And we got Trump. We got we got stomped in California because we have the the most uh the most uninformed uh, voters in anywhere in the country, California. So apparently, uh, apparently, I don't know. Maybe it was the Russians. I don't know. You know, people say, "Hey, Trump doesn't Trump doesn't know this." Trump, you know, uh, Stephen King came out with some some uh, comment. Uh, this week said, "Oh, Trump is Trump is not even informed. He's not even curious about this stuff." I think Trump is really informed. He's got a good good sense of what's going on, better than probably most people that we have elected into office. So uh, the reactions to Mueller's report on CNN and PMSNBC, uh, it was uh, the reaction to Mueller's re- remarks. Now think about this: everybody put all their, all the Democrats put all their all their hope and their trust in Mueller, and then when he came out and he said. He couldn't. He couldn't pin him on any kind of a crime. All the Democrats were 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 mad at him. You know, he didn't do it. This isn't true. This isn't blah blah blah. We want to pull some people up on, you know, an investigation. And now that he's come out and and made some comments, and didn't he didn't really say anything different. He just said it in a, in a in a little different tone. Now they all love him again. This was vintage Bob Mueller. No questions, no bull. He speaks in measured but clear tones and style. That's the man Bob Mueller is. He's precise, he's factual, he's accurate. Um, The man doesn't know the definition of hyperbole. This was a serious man making a serious point that the framers gave us a way to address a potentially lawless president. I think a lot of us have been very supportive of Mueller and what he's done. He's worked very hard and done a really good job potentially lawless president. I didn't hear him say anything about that. I didn't hear him say anything about that at all. And, uh, you know, hey, no questions, no no questions means he didn't want anybody to take, he didn't want to take questions from Democrats. He didn't want to take questions from Republicans either. Hey, are you saying this? Uh, well, I, I, he didn't want to, he didn't want any of that stuff. He wanted to say his piece and scurry out the door. Hey, I'm leaving to clean out my office. Don't ask me any questions and don't call me to come up on, on uh, to to testify in front of Congress because I'm not coming. All right, so that's they're all they're all uh, they're all singing his praises now. A little different on uh, with from the Republicans. I didn't hear anything he said 
that pins anything on anybody and uh, quite frankly didn't say anything different. Uh, naturally, Democrats took the one sentence from Mueller's remarks that left the door open to impeachment and ran with it. Jerry the Weeble Nadler started it off. As Mueller again highlighted this morning, it falls to Congress to respond to the crimes, lies, and other wrongdoing of President Trump. With respect to impeachment question at this point, all options are on the table and nothing should be ruled out. Yeah, whatever, whatever, nothing. Did he say anything? No. You know what? Are you guys, are you guys tired? Do you feel like I do? Are you guys tired of this? This, these guys make almost $200,000 a year to do this. Don't we have a country to run? This is what I love about Trump. He's, he's dealing with this, but he's going on. He's going on. Hey, did anybody notice that, uh, the southern border still open. Did anybody notice that uh, you know the, the one of the courts stopped uh, stopped a part of the fence in in uh, in uh, Texas? Did anybody notice that there's a bunch of private private citizens that that raised a, a few million dollars and said keep building it, President Trump? We'll put up the money as long, as long as this judge. Anybody notice that? Did anybody notice the? Did anybody think about the the tariffs that Trump put on uh, on Mexico? Hey, if you guys aren't going to help, we're going to start tariffing your people tariffing the stuff coming from that how does that affect it now every company that's down there that's that's creating products that is coming up here is all going to get penalized because it's going to be cheaper to buy from companies that that do business up here okay it's will it happen right away no it won't happen right away it'll, it'll happen but it'll happen trump is focused i like that after months of uh, resisting pressure from uh, congressional democrats who want to see trump impeached sounds like speaker nancy pelosi is filing is finally starting to give in because she doesn't have any choice because too many people calling for it she has to be with the in crowd because she's now repeating nadler's nothing is off the table nothing is off the table we're legislating we're investigating and we are litigating. No one is above the law, especially the president of the United States. Oh. I am gravely disappointed in the Justice Department for their attitude, uh, their uh, misrepresentation of the Mueller report to begin with. No one's above the law. Did anybody remember this chick, Hillary Clinton? I don't know. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton spoke at uh, spoke at uh, Hunter College uh thursday why is she speaking at a commencement of a college i guess hunter college that's the place where they can get her nothing uh no ivy league or anything but uh let me play a couple of pieces from that just today before this graduation ceremony started we heard from the special counsel robert Mueller, who said there were multiple systemic efforts to interfere in our election and that allegation deserves the attention of every American. But what we've seen from the administration is the complete refusal to condemn a foreign power who attacked our democracy or to take even the most basic steps to protect our voting systems for the future. Hey, guess what? They're trying, but the Democrats keep stopping it. Every time we try to keep people from having phony votes they say voter suppression voter suppression and guess what all this stuff happened under the prince barack hussein obama this didn't happen under trump trump's trying to do something uh let's hear another little piece of uh hillary's the uh, buffoonery when i think about the future i think about what do we do when people in positions of authority are not held accountable when they defy requests from the Congress, when they spread misinformation online. 
I don't know. What do we do, Hillary? Uh, when they when they destroy hard drives, when they delete thirty three thousand emails, when they uh, when they pay to have a a, a dossier created to uh, to uh, put BS information out on your opponent, and then it becomes a uh, and it's used to create a uh, a uh, FISA warrant to spy on spy on the president and to create a whole di- different thing. You know what? People, this is the pot calling the kettle black, and it's time for you, everybody, to wake up and smell the coffee here. Know what's going on. Keep your eyes open and keep your mouth open and keep this information going around. Hey, I'm all out of time for part one. Stay tuned. I got something really special for you in part two. Uh, someone who's actually making a difference in this in this country to try and uh, one person at a time change this world. Anyway, stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I'll be right back with part two. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance on the radio because I think you guys think it's boring if you're not in the market. But, you know, here's here's a little fact I'll bring up to you just to keep in mind. In the last five years, property values have gone up about 50%. And in the last uh, six or eight months, the interest rates have gone down about a half a percent. Might, uh, might behoove you if you've been thinking that Things will never get better if you got a bunch of stuff to pay off. If you uh, had thought about refinancing for any reason, might be might be worth a call. If you're interested in uh, finding out about uh, refinancing or purchasing a property, 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. Talk to somebody who thinks like you. Call me Ed Hoffman at Summit Funding, 855-640-2020. Also, if you're a senior, you're thinking about one of them reverse mortgage things, uh, you will be pleasantly surprised if, you, uh, if, you, if you've heard. Yeah, I heard some bad things about that. I, I don't think that's going to work for me. Uh, you will be pleasantly surprised when you hear all the facts. This is a really good thing. So if you've got a, if you feel like you've got more life in you than you have money and uh, you'd like to enhance your, uh, your, your retirement, Call me about that too, 855-640-2020. Hey, so often I have people on the radio that I find are uh, are a value to our community. And uh, I met Dr. Bill Clark, uh, was one of our radio listeners, and uh, called me actually about a refinance. And we start talking, and I go, you know what? I need to have you on the radio. And uh, this week, so... Uh, so Dr. Clark is a, a manufacturing expert and educator for the, with more than 50 years experience. He's the CEO of Technical Employment Training, a nonprofit 501c3, high technology manufacturing school in San Bernardino on the old Norton Air Force Base uh, property. The school aims to rebuild the city's economy through job, placed, pl- job placement. And the Facebook page says, making America great in manufacturing again. Dr. Bill Clark, welcome to the main event. Yeah, glad to be here today. So, uh, so tell us a bit about technical employment training and why it's such a deep, why there's such a deep need for a school like yours in our area. Well, you know, Ed, in um, 2010, I actually retired from the uh, community college in uh, Fontana Unified School District, and um, one of the things that uh, really uh, brought things to life for me was um, I worked with Mike Gall, who is actually the CEO of Technical Employment Training. Since we are a 501c3 nonprofit, we have a board of directors, and uh, I'm actually the guy that runs the organization day to day. 
Mike and I started looking at San Bernardino. As you're probably aware, uh, San Bernardino, of course, uh, was going through bankruptcy. And, I am uh, very aware. We, we needed to figure out what do we do to change the community. So uh, technical employment training was started, and uh, we developed a manufacturing trade school in connection with uh, several entities in San Bernardino, uh, San Bernardino County ROP, uh, went in partnerships with us since basically most of the equipment that was uh, at my schools where I retired, they were going to scrap the equipment out. And uh, Mike Gallo, uh, CEO of Kelly Space and Technology in our organization, uh, took on that equipment and uh, decided that uh, in 2010, we were going to open up a nonprofit trade school to retrain people in the community uh, with high skills in manufacturing technology. And we never looked back from that point on. We decided that if we could change the community and provide uh, productive skills to people in a skill area that has really been diminished in the last 10, 15, 20 years in manufacturing since schools are no longer training in what we used to call industrial arts or vocational technical education. Uh, technical employment training was uh, born and uh, we've been in business 10 years now. Now you said that uh, they started phasing out the industrial arts or the or the technical training uh, education about 15 or 20 years ago. Why do you think that is? Well, I think a lot of reasons. Uh, one, uh, schools started to really focus on degrees and the A to G requirement where schools were required to give uh, students academic preparation and uh, a chance to go on to college, get degrees, and those degrees could be anything. We really lost the focus on providing technical skills where people could work and have careers when they graduated. So now we're in a real dilemma. Uh, there's been a lack of inspiration and inspiring young people to go into the high technology fields. And, you know, over the years, um, most young people uh, thought that it was like the uh, 20s, uh, uh, dirty factories. Today, it's high technology. You know, you're familiar with SpaceX, Walker Corporation the Sorensen engineering type factories it's all high tech it's like clean rooms and that's exactly how technical employment training is so we developed a program that really uh, parallels industry today and provides the technical skills that uh, provide real work skills mm -hmm. for the next generation you know uh, uh, my wife and I started going to Sandals Church uh, several months back and uh we took out my little motorcycle thing say hey I, we go to a satellite in marino valley and we went to uh let's go see the the uh the main the main campus in riverside and it's up on uh, columbia and and i hadn't been up in that area for a long time there's a lot of industrial stuff going on that i didn't what are all these buildings there's a lot of in industry that goes on and right here under our nose and we may not may not even be aware of it for things that probably do what you do. I mean, that could use the people you're training. Well, one of the things that we're doing that's a little different than most uh, schools is um, we're really training real work skills with work that's uh, brought in from manufacturers. Uh, we do a lot of commercial work uh, for local companies that we actually train the students on real work parts. Uh, uh, we've done a lot of work for uh, companies like Walker Corporation, um, uh, companies that have a real need for work. We're not a full-blown 
production shop, but we do bring in work from industry to actually teach people real skills and uh, inspection quality. And when the product leaves the factory, it's got to be uh, dead on. You can't have scraps. So our students are really given uh, skills that uh, relate to the real industry standards today. Yeah, I brought that up because you had mentioned a bunch of, you know, I think of SpaceX as being in uh, in New Mexico or, or other states, but there's a lot of this stuff really happening right under our nose that we may not know. So your school has, your school has all kinds of students from people who are uh, uh, welfare to work programs to college graduates who can't find work. You know, they got a master's degree and they still can't find, find work. Uh, what do they all have in common? You know, something that is in common with all the students we train. They don't have the technical skills to meet today's industry's needs. Um, what we're actually providing to students is um, uh, work skills in areas of uh, applied manufacturing, 3D modeling, um, production machining, CNC programming. So when they leave technical employment training, they leave with national credentials and they're ready for the workforce. Uh, these national credentials guarantee industry that they've met a standard. And this these tests that are provided to the students are provided by third-party proctors from industry that evaluate the student's skills. And then we really match the student's skills to where the industry need is in those specific areas where they'll be productive automatically as employees. So I'll go, I'll go a little off script here because uh, some of the things that you said. Um, in my eyes, in my eyes, since the guaranteed student loans came out, that a lot of the technical, technical schools that, that we hear about on TV um, they're more focused on just just making a profit and hey just sign up for this thing and uh, we get your we get your student loan money and we kick you out and you you can't get you can't get a very good job that's really not what I'm hearing from you our school's a little different because uh, basically um, we get a lot of those students with degrees that come to us that that can't really find high-tech jobs. Um, why is technical employment training totally different than most schools that are out there today? And why is industry actually coming to us now and hiring students prior to graduation? We have four tenants that our company lives by. Uh, one, we have that normal comprehensive curriculum that every school has, community college, uh, private schools. Um, we provide students with nationally recognized credentials that companies across the United States have agreed upon where students are tested by practical parts and then tested to a standard by third parties and that's out of industry. Um, secondly, we provide direct training on tangible items such as work that uh, we, we would get for a, a local company um, where they actually manufacture parts. And the third and the fourth tenant that's probably the most important, we have our own staffing person in the company that really matches the learning style to the company's needs. So we have uh, approximately an 85% placement with our students going into the workforce. And when the industry hires one of our students, they have a student with the basic skills and they're productive automatically when they go into the workforce. Okay. So we talked about uh, that you've taken people from uh, people that have spent years on government assistance, haven't been in the workforce. Um, you know, it, even homeless people and people that were have been on welfare, they've been out of it. What are some of the challenges with training those kind of people? 
Well, some of the challenges that we're faced with, uh, number one, um, we're taking people that are from the different government agencies, and and, and, and a lot of our government agencies, the county ROP, uh, the government tra traditional assistance department to really support us, uh, Goodwill Southern California, we get people that are stabilized, number one. And once the individuals are stabilized, we actually can bring them into the manufacturing facility and start providing them the skills that um, were, whether they're displaced, they're homeless. Uh, stabilized, they're, meaning they, <clears throat> hey, they've gone from homeless to they're living with family members. Hey, you know, hey, I'll let you come in, but you're, you're not staying forever. You got they get them, you get them stabilized to where they're we we're taking them from a position where first they're uh, they're stabilized and they have all the problems taken care of maybe perhaps childcare uh a way to get to the training site then they're ready to be trained and then that process takes about 630 hours where we put them through various processes and start uh, that process of training them in all the requirements to make them skilled in manufacturing so i've uh uh, we in in the in the few times that we've talked already, you said you've taken people that have been out of the workforce to being. How many have you put put in uh, put out put back into the workforce in the last ten years? We, we've put in. Uh, we've actually trained a little over five hundred people in high skill technology positions. We're now their uh, supervisors of shops, CNC programmers, maintenance people, and they're they're taxpayers for this uh, community and uh, they continue their education once they normally get stabilized and go through a technical program where they become certified in manufacturing and some are homeowners and you turn their lives completely around you know we have a young man that uh, came to us many years ago and he graduated from high school and uh, basically didn't have any skills at all and uh this young man now is uh back in uh san bernardino city schools uh providing technical training uh to students and helping the instructor in our science technology engineering math labs and not only is he doing that but he's working a second job at walker corporation in the evening in their tool and die, tool and die department where he's actually bringing a lot of those skills back to young people in high schools that are at the second level of training that we actually do which is another area outside of uh, the adult population that we train okay so we're gonna we're gonna get to that part in a little and i was and when you showed it to me i was like wow little kids are doing that and some of the stuff that you guys are doing and because you know, I've been out of the out of the education thing for uh, I don't know forty years, so uh, so it's been it's been a while. Well, maybe not forty years, but a good thirty five. So high quality high quality technical education isn't free. Where do most students get their tuition money from? Most of the tuition today is coming from the government assisted programs, the transitional assistance department, uh, San Bernardino County ROP, Workforce Investment Board, uh, Southern California Goodwill, and a lot of private pays from industry. Uh, that is one area that we're trying to really increase to where companies uh, that need their employees trained can also get involved with uh, technical employment training through uh, apprenticeship programs and actually uh, participate in the process to get skilled people. One of the things that I normally notice when I visit a lot of companies today is that, you know, they complain about the same thing. They say, Bill, we can't find skilled people in manufacturing. Well, I always tell 
company uh, owners and um, uh, presidents that if you want to really make a change in today's problem with a uh, get to get a skilled workforce, you've got to be actively involved and you have to get involved with technical employment training and programs like ours. We are a school that's uh, so different than any technical school that exists because we're actually training them on real work that is uh, utilized in industry today. So I always tell them that uh, if you want to be an active participant, uh, be involved with the school, hire students prior to them graduating, get on our advisory committee, um, be a, partic a participant in making that change in this community. And that's what it's going to take to change uh, the whole process in uh, this, the skill areas for the United States and specifically man, uh, manufacturing for San Bernardino because we'd like to see the manufacturing industry uh, flourish in San Bernardino where we can take a lot of those people that have a need to get off the streets that really need help, get them skilled so we can make this, uh, this city and this county uh, as it was in the early 70s as one of the best counties and cities to live in the United States. I watched I watch some of the videos of, and people think about well manufacturing you know you know and you listen to what our, our former uh, our former guy that lived in the White House talking about well you know the manufacturing jobs just aren't here I don't know what uh, Trump's going to do to create these jobs manufacturing jobs we don't think of we don't think of the you know the, we're not talking about stuff that's uh, like the assembly line working building cars which is still the manufacturing stuff but uh, I watched uh, I watched uh, one of the videos on your website. Um, and it, and it showed a, uh, it, it, it showed a, 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 a guy who had lost his leg and showing his prosthesis. So he's, he's going into, to, to put his prosthesis on and, and how it works and how it, and how, how he buckles onto the snowboard and he's snowboarding on that stuff. And then the, it, it, it breaks the, the, the prosthesis, the, the mechanical part of his leg down and start showing you how all the pieces go together. And you know, even even the medical, all the medical technology, you guys are you guys are, someone has to run a machine and a computer and all that stuff to build that stuff. We're we're taking students' skills from zero skills, um, developing their skills, and we call stealth math. Mike and I always uh, sort of uh, joke about it that we can take students and teach them applied processes in mathematics apply that process out in the factory where they actually see uh, conventional machines running, CNC machines running, input data, and actually see an outcome with the math they learn. So when, when, when we've developed things such as prosthetic parts, uh, students see real relevance to it, and then they're more engaged and they're inspired, and, and they really want to then pursue the manufacturing trade. And uh, I, I always watch the students as today I left the plant and uh, we were given one of our National Industry Medal Skills exams, and the students came up to me and they said, Dr. Clark, we all passed our test. Uh, uh, one of the companies, Zyka Corporation, has already got an interview plan for me for a, a, a position they want to offer me prior to graduation. And, and what I always recommend to companies is, Instead of sitting back and not doing anything about making this change for improving technology and training, they'd actually have to actively get involved. And, 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 and like I tell most companies, we are so different than a normal school. We are not a public college, public school. We are a private nonprofit 501c3 where your participation in the company really will support the bottom line. And that is finding a student that's productive, 
immediately and really meet the bottom line so the company can produce those parts and, and also add manufacturing jobs so that we can put more people to work in this community that are out there right now that have degrees that are unskilled and can't find work. So uh, that is the goal of technical employment training. What's, the, what's your uh, job placement rates? We have a job placement rate to add right now of about 86% with all our students uh, graduating. And, and, and that other percent, it's really amazing because we have the students enroll in continuous other courses to pursue degrees. Because one thing that's important in today's world, and that is we really got to provide the next generation uh, internships and what is work all about. Uh, we, we have focused on one thing in uh, the last many decades, and that is getting degrees to people. And degrees are good, but you really need to have uh, internships that really show the application of why you're learning the skills, the math, the science, and the technology. So schools really need to start blending the their academics and their technical training and that's why we're actually very actively involved now with the local san Bernardino city schools on building programs from early education through high school so you've got a you you showed me a little bit of that um but for people listening um you're involved with the city schools tell everybody how you're getting involved with the elementary schools and and the the high schools and well, you know, one of the things that we had to do when we first started this journey was I told Mike, I said, uh, you know, we're actually attacking the problem uh, to training adults that are displaced, out of work, unemployed. We really need to get active in the school system. So uh, uh, Mike Gallo, who is, again, um, uh, CEO of Kelly Space, uh, got on the school board for San, Bern San Bernardino City Schools. And we started looking at how do we develop the technology to engage the parents. And we we started STEM labs from kindergarten at Norton Elementary, Bingwong Elementary, and we built actual STEM labs where we've got first through sixth graders learning software technology, dealing with Mastercam, SolidWorks, and small CNC machines that we have in the elementary schools. Then we built our labs at the middle schools where the students have a, a pathway learning the technology all the way to Indian Springs High School, which will be one of the most highest technology centers for high school students uh, next year when they start expanding their uh, manufacturing site, which is sponsored by Industry and Haas Corporation and the school district. And uh, the students will not only be leaving with diplomas, but they'll be leaving with career credentials ready for the workforce. So I've seen some of the, you show me some of the stuff and you would be amazed at some of the stuff that they're showing elementary school kids and the programs. And it's like, wow, you're teaching little kids to do this. I get amazed when I see my grandkids just grab my, grab my iPhone and, and how they work it. And they, you know, they can, they can't hardly uh, read yet, but they can, they can operate that. So on the adult side, um, uh, technical employment training has three modules that students go through in their programs. Tell us about that. We have, uh, we actually broke our program from a 630 hour program uh, with the San Bernardino County which is region. Six, which is like six months. That's approximately six months, eight hours a day. And one of the things that industry uh, requested of us uh, a year ago was they said, we need more students, Bill. We need to get more students in the pipeline. So we put three modules together 
Module one is our 210 hour course, which really involves math, blueprint reading, safety, employability skills. And then we actually put students into conventional machining, and that's the hands-on applications, machines, lays, mills, drills, grinders, how to grind drills, how to grind tool bits, and the application. Then we transition them into module three, which is actually the CNC programming, the uh, 3D gauge arms, five-axis machining, and we we really certify them in those processes. So when they leave the uh, the school, they have a good perspective of how the manufacturing program works. They are not. Uh, 8,000 hour machinists, but basically they have the skills and and the willingness to know exactly how to work in the workplace. Okay, so you're taking these people from de- dependency to prosperity, but you need community support so you can establish more scholarships. Where can people go if they want if they want to help? I know that I don't like to give give to uh, charities that I don't know where the money's going from, so I give to charities I know. Clearly, you guys you're doing something for our community. Where how can people help? You know, one of the things that we're trying to do, we have, we are located at the Norton Air Base here in San Bernardino. We have a 10,000 square foot facility. Um, my suggestions to companies that are looking for students from us now, I'm suggesting students go to, or companies go to our GoFundMe page and they just search for technical employment training and they can sponsor a student from the beginning of the training to the completion of the training and have a productive employee when they graduate. Uh, this solves a lot of the problem. They can also get a hold of us uh, on our uh, at our phone at Technical Employment Training 909-382-4141. And I'll put and I'll put some stuff on edhoffman.net. So if you guys missed all that, go to edhoffman.net. We'll I'll have uh, Brooke put up a. Uh, some links on there so you can find out so you can get in touch with bill um i think this is a i think this is a great program i was thoroughly impressed with it and uh we'll have we'll we'll uh, we'll let this seep in for a couple of weeks and have you back and say and uh and and kind of see what kind of questions we get from some of our listeners and and uh see and we'll we'll, we'll build on this because i think this is this is where the country needs to go bill thanks for being part of the main event Ed, thanks so much. All right. Hey, uh, go to edhoffman.net if you want to get more information on this. And uh, I'm all out of time for this week. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1026588. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity.